Are we excited to be here today? Because I know that nobody, no one left their house, got dressed to come and hear me speak. We came to hear from, from the Lord. So no matter what brought you here today, if a friend asked you to come, if you just said, you know what, I'm free today, so I'm going to come. Whatever the case may be, it's not by chance that you're here. God wants to say something specifically to you. So before I, I, I even start, why don't we raise the level of expectation in the room today? Because nothing happens if we don't expect anything to happen. So right now, if you've been here before, you know you know the drill. If not today, you're about to find out. So look to your neighbor and say, neighbor, this word is for you. Now look to your other neighbor and say, neighbor, as for this one, it's not even for me, you know. Trust me, it's not even for me, you know. But it's for you. In Jesus' name we pray. And the church said, Amen. Father, I thank you, Lord, for you using me to speak to your people. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, I pray. And the church said, Amen. So, 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 if you know, we've been in a series called The King's Gate. Everyone say, The King's Gate. And honestly, I thought we'll be in that series for a long time. But an interruption has happened in my spirit. And I really feel like God is up to something new. I don't know if anybody feels like that. But I really feel like he's doing something unheard of in our lives. And it's a bit like, okay, God, I really feel like this is the way that I'm going. But it seems like there's a shift about to take place. And the verse that came to mind was, was what he said in Isaiah that, forget all that. It's nothing compared to what I'm about to do. For I'm about to do something new. Forget all that. And I don't know who I'm speaking to. But if you think that you've seen God move in your life, forget all that. It's nothing compared to what he's about to do. He's about to do something new. And it just happens to be that August falls on the eighth month. And the number eight spiritually means a new beginning. So I figured it kind of makes sense that as we step into this new season to really follow what the Lord is doing. We were meeting in McQueen's Fair, for those of you that have um, been there for the start. This is actually our first place here, our first time here. And randomly, we just got a text that, you know what, the McQueen's Fair has been booked for the month of August, so you know what I'm saying, like, we ain't got a choice. I had two options now. The moment I received that text here, I'm thinking, God, like, we kind of just started, like, you know what I'm saying? People are now just finding out about this thing, and now you're asking us to move, like, to a location that's not even around the same, you know what I'm saying? But then I remember that he said that, forget all that. It's nothing compared to what I'm about to do. I'm about to do something new. And I really feel like there's things that we need to know if you feel like you're in a season of, something new and I said God you need to give me scripture for this because like, like I say all the time I am a preacher I'm not a motivational speaker don't let me say anything that's not found in your word and he took me to a story in Matthew so we'll just go through the stories and hope that the Lord speaks to anybody here are we there are we prepared so um turn your Bibles to Matthew 14 22 Matthew 14 22. I'm going to give us two seconds to get there. If not, it's on the board. If you're there, say I'm there. 
The Bible says it like this. As soon as the people were fed, everyone say, as soon as the people were fed. Jesus told his disciples to get into their boat and to go to the other side of the lake while he stayed behind to dismiss the people. I need to unpack what is happening here for you to get a full picture. Jesus says, as soon as the people were fed, that lets me know that something happened before this verse. As soon as the people were fed is referring to when Jesus fed the multitude of people with like five loaves of bread or two fishes, or two fishes and five loaves, whichever way, whichever way it was. But you get the picture. He, he fed like millions of people with only a small amount of things. So the disciples had just witnessed Jesus do a miracle. And it says, as soon. Everyone say, as soon. Like, God, can't you wait a day for me to even put my faith in you again? Like, why does, why does it feel like I have to keep on believing you? My mom just got healed. Now I need to believe you for, like, I just got accepted into the job, but now I need to believe you for the finances to maintain. As soon as the people were fed, Jesus told his disciples to get into the boat and go to the other side of the lake while he stayed behind to dismiss the, pe- the people. My first point, in the season of something new, there will always be a new reason to trust God. And for some people here, that's daunting. Man, I'm tired, man. God, I've I, I, I just seen you come through for my brother here. Now I need to believe for, for my sister. Why does it feel like I always need to believe you? Won't it ever end? But the Bible tells us to consider it joy when you have to trust God again. My, my next verse, James chapter 1, verse 2. It says it like this. My brothers and sisters, think of the various tests. Think of the various times you need to trust God. Think of the various situations that you're in. No matter how many that they are, one or a thousand, think of each of them and, and think of them as an occasion for joy. After all, you know that the testing of your faith produces endurance. Let this endurance complete its work in you so that you may be fully mature, complete, and lacking in... All I'm trying to say is this. Find it joy when you need to trust him again. Okay, God, that you just came through, at least like we found the space to do the table... Okay, God, now I needed to provide the finances so we're able to, to keep the space. Okay, God, now I need to trust you to fi- Consider it joy. Because every time you have a reason to trust God, is every reason he has to show you another side of him. Consider it joy when you have to trust him again. The disciples just witnessed Jesus do a miracle, and now you're asking us to go to the other side. Look what it says in Matthew 14, 23. After the crowds dispersed, Jesus went up into the hills to pray. Everyone say to pray. And as night fell, he was there praying alone. So not only did his disciples need to like, have a new reason to believe God, Jesus was also about to do something new. 
as he found out, Jesus was about to walk on water. Jesus had done a lot of things before. Opened the blind eyes. He's made the lame walk, like literally people's legs, they grew again. He's turned water into wine. He's caused the deaf to hear. He had done many things, but he hadn't yet walked on water. And the Bible says that he went into the hills to pray. My next point. In the season of something new, have a habit of prayer. Prayer is the language of dependency. That God, I am depending on you. Prayer is not just, I really feel like we take light. See, I don't go, I don't go a moment or a day without, 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 um, without praying. Because a day with, with, I heard it like a day without prayer is a boast against God. A day without prayer is a boast against God. What you're actually saying is God, I don't really, I got this. Have a habit of prayer. Whether you're in the line at Starbucks, whether you're in, wherever you are. And I really feel like the, the church has done a, a, a bad job of, of making you feel like prayer needs to be done a certain way. It needs to be a certain length. It needs to be a certain, no. All that is, all prayer is, is communicating to, to God. God, I can't lie to you, I'm tired now. And I just ask that you give me strength. I didn't speak in tongues. That weren't a minute long. But then the Bible said that the heartfelt prayer of the righteous, that's the prayer that avails much. True prayer isn't in length, but in honesty. Family, develop a habit of prayer. Jesus, if anyone could, could have gone this life without praying, is Jesus. But the Bible says that he went to the hills to pray. In the season of something new, have a habit of prayer. And it says it like this. He was there praying alone. If a random. Now to me, that means two, two things. What it means to me is in the season of something new, pursue God, even if you have to do it alone. Even if there's no cosign, even if it's not the thing that everyone else is doing, you do it. Because there's something that God wants to do through you. You can't wait to see what everyone else is doing before you start to pursue him. Pursue God, even if you have to do it alone. And this also means to me that in a season of something new, set yourself apart. And this is the part that spoke to me. Because you, you can't do something new without becoming something new. Old habits can't go into new places. The way you think, it cannot follow you into this new season. The things that used to get you down, the people that used to get you down, the addiction that used to have a stronghold on you. God is saying that that can't follow you into this new season because that's how you create cycles. Holy Spirit speaks. That's how you create cycles. If you enter a new thing, but you bring your old self and you wonder why the habits keep showing up. It's not because he not changed his season. You've not changed yourself. Which is why the Bible says, says that consecrate yourself. Because the Lord will do wonders among you tomorrow. The wonders won't happen unless you consecrate your, yourself. 
Because even if the wonders ha- ha- happen, your habits would even destroy what it is. Family, this is the season to consecrate your, yourself. Set yourself apart. Hear from God. Live righteously. Do, live the life that he's called you to live. Say no to your flesh. Build up your spirit. Jesus was found praying alone. We have to set ourselves apart. Everyone say set ourselves apart. Because if, 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 you're in, if you're in the new season, it will require a new version of you. The same habits can't go along. God wants you to be in a season where he has your full attention. So he's able to show you the things in you that needs to die. Jesus went up, up, and, up into the hills to pray by himself. He set himself apart. So right now, Jesus is up in the hills praying. The disciples are in the boat now. They're making their way to the other, other, other side. Look what it says in Matthew 14, 20, 24. But the disciples, who were now in the middle of the lake, ran into trouble. Now, if I'm, if I'm in the boat now, I'm sweating. Because it's not like I'm just at the beginning that man can just U-turn. I'm in the middle. It's either I make my destination or I drown. I'm too, I'm too, I'm, I can't see the end, but I know that I'm too far in to turn back. Why do I run into trouble now? Ultimately, and furthermore, why am I running into trouble when Jesus, you said, let's go to the other side. What happens when obeying God leads you into a circumstance and you run into, it wasn't even by my own will. Jesus, the only reason why I'm in this message is I, because I obeyed you. And the enemy uses these things to make you feel like, one, you didn't hear God, or two, there's something that you're doing wrong. The disciples who were now in the middle of the lake ran into, tr- into trouble. For their boat was tossed about by high winds and heavy seas. They were literally about to die. This is how serious the situation is. If I'm in the boat, I'm like, Jesus, I'm never obeying anything you say again. I was good on land. Right now I'm listening to you and I'm in a situation where my life is about to be, it feels like everything is, is tossed and the enemy uses these seasons to make you feel like, one, maybe you didn't hear from, from, from God, or two, is as, a, is, is as a result of your own will. But Jesus told, is the one that told him to go to the other, other side. What am I trying to, to say? In the season of something new, when you face um, trouble, it does not negate the promise of God. And I need somebody to hear me clearly. Trouble does not negate the promise of God. Trouble is not a sign to retreat. Opposition isn't a deterrent. Maybe opposition is actually confirmation. I'm going to say that again. Opposition isn't a deterrent. Maybe opposition is actually confirmation. That maybe what he said, maybe I won't be feeling this if it wasn't about to come to, to pass. And really, 
honestly, I really feel like God, especially when he speaks to you, I kind of feel like he sometimes withholds certain facts about the journey. Because he knows that if he was to tell the full journey, you wouldn't embark on it. Jesus fully well know, knew, that these are about to face a storm. But he said, if I told them that, maybe they, they won't even go. But if I withhold that, they're going to need to trust and depend on me in the middle. And there's people here that were in that season now. That God, I've left the shores obeying you. But right now, I don't even see sign that what you said is about to happen in my, in my life. And the enemy uses this to whisper to you. See that, that thing you go, church, bro, the prayer that you do, bro, the fasting that you do, my guy, you're wasting your own time. Rain falls on the just and the unjust. You might as well be unjust. <laughs> Literally. But if you knew that it's in the season when you're in the lake and you don't know, that's when God wants to show himself. So could it be that God actually told them that they will go to the other side? So that when they face this situation, they will know that I said you're going to the other side. Even if the boat is to break, you will swim there. Because I said. All I'm trying to say is this. In a season of, of trouble, it doesn't negate the promise of God. His word still stands strong in your life. Look what it says in John 16, 33. And everything I've taught you is so that the peace in me will be in you and will give you great confidence as you rest in me. For in this unbelieving world, you, you will. Everyone say you will. This is, not, this, is, this, is a, this is a statement of fact. Whether you fast all day or you don't, you will experience trouble. And sorrows, but you must be courageous, for I have already conquered the world. Trouble is not a sign that maybe you didn't hear, hear, hear God. Trouble, well, there's times where it is, to be honest. Sometimes your own will takes you into, but not in this case. <laughs> there's certain seasons, because I, I, need, I, I need to bring balance to this. There's certain seasons by your own will and your own disobedience. He said, don't, don't go there and you went there and you just trouble. That one there is your own. <laughs> but there are certain times that it's because you obeyed him that you find yourself in trouble. That's the people that I'm speaking to. The people that you do your own thing, repent. For the Lord is just coming. But for those that obey him and you, and you find yourself in trouble and you're questioning, maybe I didn't hear, 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 hear right. It was Jesus that told them to go to the other, other side. Trouble does not negate the promise of God. The next verse. Next verse. Next verse. <laughs> Matthew 14, 20, 20, 25. At about four o'clock in the morning, Jesus came to them walking on the waves. Now pause. B before, this will make sense if I let you know this. It is said here that where Jesus went into the hills to pray, right? They couldn't see him, but he could see them. That tells me that Jesus knew exactly. Jesus knew exactly what time he's supposed to come. 
they could not see Jesus. But Jesus could see them. All I'm trying to say is this. In a season of something new, even when it feels like you can't see God, he can always see you. Jesus had his eyes on them the whole time. He knew exactly when to intervene. See, God knows exactly when to intervene, you know. God knows exactly when when to show up. And I need to, to let somebody know this because if he don't rescue you from it, he will deliver you in it. Ask the Hebrew boys. God did not rescue them from the fire. They were in it, but he delivered them in the fire. God knows exactly when to intervene. Jesus had his eyes on them the whole time. I know what, yeah, they're about to go through trouble, but I won't show up until the trouble comes. So, so that they may have a new understanding of who I am. Even when it feels like you can't see God, he can always see you. So now Jesus comes down from, from the hill and he's walking on the waves. Let's see what the disciples say. Matthew 14, 26. When the disciples saw him walking on top of the water, they were terrified and screamed, a ghost. These are people that have been walking with Jesus their entire life, but they still could not recognize him. And they were still afraid. These are disciples who had seen Jesus literally just turn bread and feed a multitude of people, yet they were still afraid. How? What I'm trying to say is this. In a season of something new, it's okay to not be okay. It's okay to not, to feel like, you know what, God, I, I, I don't really know like, what's going on here. Like, I'm, I'm literally scared. I'm afraid. I feel like I'm in a season where I'm doing this to obey you, but I really feel like I don't really have the, like, I'm afraid. In a season of something new, it's okay to not be okay. Because the disciples had walked with Jesus all, all the time, and they still couldn't recognize him. It's okay if you're in a season where, God, I'm not really sure about what you're doing, you know. Like, it feels like you're doing this, but at the same time, it feels like you're not. Because God wants to bring perspective to that. And I really feel for that we put up this front. God can deal with your emotions. He can deal with God. I don't really, you know, yeah, I can't get ahead of myself because that's in the sermon. But all I'm trying to say is that it's okay to not be okay. Don't take your, your, your not being okay as a sign of you're human. God wants to bring perspective. The disciples who walked with Jesus all the time, they even called Jesus a ghost. Brother, I just saw you like an hour ago. And now I can't even recognize you. Because life will sometimes have you in a season where, God, I saw your hand last month, but this month is like, it's dry. It's okay to not be okay. So now Jesus is walking, and then he said to them, Be brave. And don't be afraid. I am here. Everyone say, I am here. here. Now, I've spoke about this before, but I'm going to speak about it again. Jesus says, I am here. The name I am is such a powerful name. 
in fact, is the name that God even introduces him, himself as. When Moses was about to go set the people free, him and God are talking, and he goes, yo, God, who should I say sent me? Now, now if, I'm, if I'm God, right, this is the perfect opportunity to list out my resume. Go tell the Pharaoh that the maker of the heaven and earth is it. Like, go tell him that the Alpha and Omega, like the one who's like me, like, you know what I'm saying? This is the perfect opportunity to really lift out who I am. But God just said, go tell Pharaoh, I am. So if I'm Moses, I'm thinking, ah, okay, bet. But God, who will be my protector? And he says, I am. God, who will be my, my peace? And he says, I am. God, who will speak for me because I'm, un, I'm unable to speak like i got a stutter? I am. I, I am everything you would ever need me to be. Which why the name I am is such a beautiful description to how he is. Anything you need, that's me. I am that. The joy that you're looking for, I am that. The acceptance that you're, I am that. You, you don't need to seek it in anything else because I am that. You can't find it out outside of me because I am that. So Jesus says, be brave and don't be afraid. I am here. Matthew 14, 20, 28. Peter, there's, there's always that one person, you know, always that one person. Peter shouted out and said, Lord, if it's really you, yeah, then have me join you on the water. Come, Jesus replied. See, Jesus is, God is not intimidated by your doubts or questions. He wants to bring perspective to you. Peter said, Lord, if it's really you. Like, I've seen you, but Lord, if it's really you. And the church makes it feel like you can't have honest conversations with, with God. Like it's inhumane to do so. But Peter, a disciple, who walked with Jesus his whole life, said, Lord, if it's really you, then let me come too. And Jesus said, come. Jesus did, did not say, boy, don't you ever doubt me again, you know. <laughs> boy, don't you ever question. Don't, don't you know. Bro, <laughs> Peter, if you like. That was not his response. Jesus' response was, come. Your doubts and your questions and assert and your uncertainties. God is not intimidated by any of them. He wants to bring perspective to them. Lord, if you're really good, then why is, it, why is it that I see everyone else in their dream job, but I'm here not even knowing where my next paycheck is? Lord, if you're really there for me, Lord, if you're really by my side, why do I cry myself to sleep every day? Like, Lord, if you're really, he's saying that it's okay if you have that Lord, if you are really, 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 because he wants to bring perspective to it. Don't dwell there, though. It's not every day that, you know what I'm saying? I have to bring perspective, but what I am saying is, <laughs> no, because there's certain man that 10 years time, they're still asking God, God, if we're really, you know what I'm saying? That's, that's not what I'm, that's not what I'm, that's not what I'm, I'm, talk, I'm, talk, I'm talking about. I'm talking about initially, 
It's okay to ask God, God, if you're really. Lord, if you're really. Jesus' response was, come. So Peter stepped onto the water and began to walk towards Jesus. Nobody had walked on water before. Peter says, "Uh, Jesus, if you say come, if it's really you, meaning that he wasn't even sure if it was him or not, but you said come, and I know that if you said come, you are able to make me stand on something that is not equipped to make me stand. I bet. So Peter stepped onto water and began to walk towards Jesus. Nobody had ever walked on water before. So Peter didn't have an example. All I'm trying to say is this. In the season of something new, don't be afraid to step out into the unknown. There's things that he's calling you to do in a new season that there's no blueprint for it. You may not have seen anyone in your family. You may not have seen anyone in your friendship group. But he's not asking you for a blueprint. He's asking you to blaze a trail. I'm going to say that again. There's things that God will ask you to do that there won't be a blueprint for. Because he's asking you to blaze a trail. And this is evident in my family's life. Every male in my family, right, is either they're bound by drugs or alcohol or they just cheat. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Every male in my family. I I could look at that example and I feel like the Lord is asking me to really live a life of purity in, in a way that honors him so I'm able to so, so that my seeds will be blessed. I can say, Lord, I don't have an example. He's saying that, but I'm making, I'm making you the example. So people can look at you. Sometimes he's not asking for there to be a blueprint. And I really feel like there's people here that you're gifted. There's gift on the inside of you. But you're looking for an example. Has it ever been done before? He's saying no. But I'm asking you to do it. So five years from now, a person can say that it has been done before. Peter didn't have an example. All I'm saying is in a season of something new, do not be, do not be afraid to step into the unknown because he's not asking you to have a blueprint. He's asking you to blaze a trail. So Peter, he's excited now. Jesus, you said come. I'm walking. Let's see what happens. Matthew 14, 30. But when he realized how, the, how high the waves were, he became frightened and started to sink. Save me, Lord, he cried out. Now pause. The Bible said when he realized how high the waves were, that tells me that the waves were always high. The waves did not now become high. The waves were always high. But because he was focused on Jesus saying, come, he didn't notice the surroundings. But when he realized how high the waves were, he began to sink. What if I told you that the waves were always high? But what caused him to sink weren't 
because of the fact that the waves were, were, were high, but because he realized that they were high. And that allowed doubt to creep into his heart. If he would have fixed his eyes on Jesus the whole time, the waves could have been as higher as higher. All I'm, trying to, all I'm trying to say is this. In a season of something new, fix your eyes on the word and not the surroundings. What if I told you that this whole time, it wasn't even the water that was holding him up? Because water is not designed to hold anyone up. What if I told you, told you that the very thing that was holding him up was the word come? It was the word that was holding him up. Because water is not designed to hold you up. But when you take your eyes off of the word and you look to the left and you look to the right, you forgot, you forget the word that you're even standing on. Peter's issue was when he realized that maybe the waves is able to make me sink because your word ain't really that great. But if you would have focused on the word come, he would have walked the whole sea. But it's when he began to take his eyes off of the word and look at the surroundings, that's when he began to sink. All I'm trying to say is this. In the season of something new, fix your eyes on the word and not the surroundings. Matthew 14, 31 said it like this. Then Jesus immediately stretched out his hand and lifted him up and said, what little faith you have. Peter, why would you let doubt win? Jesus goes, what little faith you have. Now, there's two languages of faith that Jesus used to describe things in the Bible. There's small faith and there's little faith. Small faith is faith that just needs to be exercised. Like, you can't even be believe him to do something big because your faith ain't this, you know what I'm saying? But there's little faith. And that is speaking to how long you can believe God. What if I told you that real faith isn't about how big you can believe God, but how long you can believe God? Real faith ain't just about how big you can believe God. Peter, do you know the amount of faith that it needed to him to step into the water? Peter's issue wasn't the fact that he can't step on water, but his problem was how the length of his faith. And many of us at the first sign of trouble, we let, we let the doubt win. But you're supposed to have long faith because real faith isn't just about how long you can believe God, but how long you can believe God. So all I'm trying to say is this, in a season of something new, have faith that endures. Have faith that endures through every season. That, Father, I'm going to fix my eyes on your word. Even if everything around me is, contra is contradicting what you said, Lord, I'm going to believe it. Because you're the one that said, come. You're the one that said, I'm the head and not, not the tail. You're the one that, that said that you are my provider. You are the one that said that you will protect me. You are the one that said that you are my shepherd. I'm going to fix my eyes on your word. Even if everything around me screams otherwise, I'm going to fix my eyes on your word. Because if I'm able to fix my eyes on your word, my faith would endure. And I'll be able to bear fruit and be everything that you've called me to be.
Real faith just ain't about how long you can believe, but how long you can believe. So family, let's have faith that endures. Jesus says that, why would you let doubt win? And then the next verse says it like this, as I round, round up. And the, and the very moment, and at that very moment, they both stepped into the, the boat. The raging wind ceased. Then all of the disciples bowed down before him and worshipped Jesus. They said in adoration, you are truly, everyone say truly, the son of God. That tells me that before you were only the son of God. But now you are truly the son of God. What if I told you that all of this was just so Jesus can reveal to them who he really was? And then they said it like this, and they crossed over and they landed where they were supposed to go to. Jesus, from the beginning, when he said, let us go to the other side, he knew that they would face the seas and they would face the storms. He knew all, all, all this. But just so at the end, that he can that they can say, not only are you the son of God, but you, but you are truly. Because really and truly, how do we know that he's a provider? Unless we're in a situation where he's the only one that can show forth and provide. How would we know that he's a redeemed? See, God don't just want you to say this. He wants to reveal this to you. That I am your redeemer. Let no one take it away from you. That only ha happens in situations. It's not in church that you hear it. It's in life seasons that you know who he is to you. Just so you can say without a doubt, Lord, you are truly. So all I'm trying to say is this, in a season of something new, my last point, it's all about revealing. God just wants to reveal a certain aspect of him to you in a way that you've known it, but now you know it. You know what I'm saying? It's not something that you just quote, that you don't just quote that he's my redeemer. You, 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 you can testify. And you can tell someone else, bro, let me tell about how he redeemed me. Let me tell about how he set me free. Let me tell you how he's guided my life. If you read Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, and you don't, be, and you don't really, really be, believe that, that's cool. But I'm telling you that in my life, he's been, he's been that for me. God wants to give you a revelation of who he is. Something that you can stand on. So you're able to say that, God, you are truly that. I've read about it, but now I know for sure. Now I know that I know. And no one can take this away from, from me. These are things that we have to know in the season of something new. It's all about revealing. So I don't know where we are in our life right, right now. Some of us may be at the starting point where you're about to embark to the other side. Some of you may be in the middle. God, do I retreat or do I what I want here? And there's people here that you're you you've stepped out into the what however the story speaks to, to you, it speaks to a season where you are in your life. So I really want us to lift up our voice right now and pray. Yeah. That Father bring perspective to my season. Sometimes I don't have the answers. I need you to give me perspective. 
you're the one that told me to go. Now I'm here. Oh, Lord, Father, I really feel like I'm stepping on water, but there's waves. Oh, Lord, like, I don't really know what, what, what it is. But God wants to bring perspective to wherever you are and whatever season that you are in. So, family, let's lift up our voice.